You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey everybody, welcome to A Step Further. This is our weekly podcast from Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Matt Nickerson. I'm your host for today's podcast. And the goal of this is to take what we talked about on Sunday, A Step Further. Further. So this past Sunday, we kind of finished by looking at Acts chapter 2. We've been wrestling with this question, what does it mean to be the church? And the whole series is called Compelled, because if I could summarize everything, it would be that we are compelled by God's love. That is what's moving in us. That's what's stirring in us. And so every moment of every day, we're just trying to be soft and pliable and moldable so that God's Spirit could direct us wherever He wants. But This past Sunday, we looked specifically at the idea of what does it mean to live in fellowship with other believers? If you remember last week's podcast, if you listened to it, we read Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where we talked about the fact that the early believers were devoted to God and devoted to each other. And they did that through meeting together the first day of the week, taking communion together, praying together, those kinds of things. But then this week, we really looked at what does it mean to be devoted to one another? Let's take a look at the rest of what it says in Acts chapter 2 there at the end. It says this in verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Some have hypothesized that this is some Christian form of communism or socialism, but really that's bad Bible study. Because, yeah, it looks like that on the surface, that everybody sold everything they owned to make sure that everything, everybody had everything in common. But that's not really what it means. In fact, if you look at the context of Acts chapter 2, what you have is it's the day of Pentecost, a massive Jewish holiday. And people would have come from all over the world. So, quick Jew, Hebrew history is uh, in the Old Testament, God sent all these prophets like Jeremiah, like Isaiah, to warn the Israelites that if they didn't repent and return to God, that he was going to do everything that he said he would do in the law and that he would hold the Israelites accountable for not living for him. So they didn't repent, they didn't listen, they ignored the prophets, they killed most of them, and so God disciplined them. And he sent in Nebuchadnezzar, and he sent in Babylon, he sent in the, uh, the, the, the Persians and the Medes, and so on and so on, on down. And, and all this you see in, in the book of Daniel, he prophesied that he would do these things, and they happened. So, long story short, by the time we get to Jesus' day in the first century, uh, the, many of the Jews ran, it was called the Great Diaspora. They, they scattered to nations all over the world to get away from these major world powers, and some of them were carried off by these major world powers to other countries. So you get a festival like Pentecost, that's what we would call it, and uh, people were flocking back to the city from their native lands, their homelands, to celebrate God and to worship God. And uh, on that day, uh, Peter stands up and proclaims this powerful message, which I taught on two Sundays back, uh, where he just proclaims this bold message about everybody, you guys killed Jesus and God raised him from the dead because you can't keep a good man down, and and he goes on. And 3,000 people are are baptized that day, 3,000 people. So now we have a brand new church filled with roughly 120 disciples and 3,000 new members. So roughly 31, 3,200 people in a city that's filled, just, just packed full of people coming from all over the place. And now where do they go? Well, some of them, you know, go back to wherever they were staying, probably mom and dad's house, aunt and uncle's house, distant cousin or nephew's house, wherever they could find room for the festival. But when they got there, maybe they found that they were staying with 
Jewish people who did not believe that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. And where do you go? Who's going to feed you? Who's going to take care of your animals if you traveled, say, by donkey or horse or camel or whatever it is? Who's going to make sure that your clothes are cared for? Who in the world is going to take care of you? And the answer was the church. I mean, it had no structure at this point, had no form at this point. There was no organized leadership. Nobody was even talking about elders or deacons. There was no budget in place. It was just people who had become a believer looking at somebody else who'd become a believer and saying, hey, if you need a place to stay, given all that God has done for me in Jesus Christ, come stay with me. And everything they had, they had in common. And some saw what Jesus did and were so moved by it, they said, you know what? What I have is so small, so insignificant, that I am more than willing to give up even my own land, even my own houses, things that I don't need so that you can have your needs met. Because someday you're going to go back home. Someday you got to travel again. Does that make sense of Acts chapter 2 for you? It made so much sense to me when I kind of came to this understanding of what was happening here. But it still begs the question, what does it mean to be the church today? Because now we have buildings, and we have structures, and we have elders, and we have, we don't, at Kings, we have deacons, we have roles that we put in the same camp, but we just call them different names, and we have different things like that. The structures have been built, so what does it mean to take Acts chapter 2 at the end here and make sense of it? Well, I think the most important thing that we could take away from this is that if we're going to be the church, it has to be something that we do and not just something that we consume. What I mean is this, we could call ourselves Christians, but if we stop only at Christian, then all we've done is cross the line of faith and that's it. And man, I want to challenge you and encourage you to be more than a Christian. Actually be what Jesus intended, which is part of his body. Paul uses this analogy often in his writings like Galatians and Corinthians and others, Ephesians, where he talks about the fact that we are all a part of a body. And, you know, somebody might be the head and somebody else might be a hand, somebody else might be a foot or a leg, but it takes all of us together loving each other, serving each other, building each other up to really have a church. And honestly, if somebody's just consuming while somebody else is being and doing what the church does, then we're going to be a body without an arm. And you know what? You can survive without an arm. People do it all the time. Veterans come back from war and they make a go of it. But I tell you what, a body works a whole lot better when it has all of its parts working in unison together. A body's just sick. It's unhealthy when everything isn't working in unison together. So rather than make this about what's going on in the American church today, what's going on in the worldwide church, what's God up to with the pandemic, let's just apply it to ourselves really quick. Ready? What are you doing today to be the church? Are you serving others? Are you generously giving of all that God has given to you? Are you in some way dedicating your life to somebody else? Is anybody else serving you and dedicating their life to you? Do you find yourself in a community of people where you know if you had a need that you'd be taken care of? Do you find yourself in a community of people where if somebody else had a need, you know you would take care of it? Because while these are hard concepts to wrestle through and who and how many and how much and what, what's pleasing to the Lord, all those questions take time. They have to start with this initial decision to get in, to get in. So I want to encourage you today, if you aren't, then it's time to get in. 
And if you are, maybe reach out to somebody that you're in church with and just encourage them today to keep going and don't quit. See you next time.